Welcome to the SCOM podcast. This is our security and compliance podcast created by Quarter Cloud. I'm Kelly and I work at the marketing department. And I'm Phil from the technical team. And we're going to take you through all our technology in a really interesting way. Phil Talks Technical, where I keep it lighthearted with a selection of exciting guest speakers. Let's delve in. Welcome to the Stealth Bits podcast. Um, we're joined today by Martin, who's speaking to us all the way from America. And he's going to break down the Stealth Bit solution for us. Um, there's a lot of product here, um, but you know we can really break this down for you. And it covers areas such as all your Active Directory security, uh, reducing privilege as well, to making sure that you know people have really only got the privileges that they need to do their job, and things around data access governance as well. You know who's got access to your, share, access to your shares, and making sure you can remediate those open shares and keep your environment secure. This is a very technical podcast, so I hope you enjoy and make sure you grab yourself a coffee because we go into a lot of detail. Thank you so much, Martin, for joining us today. I was just wondering before we kind of go into the nitty gritty and about the technology, if you could just give us a bit of information about yourself, the history and kind of how you found yourself um, working with Netflix and, and, um, and StealthBits. Yeah, absolutely. So um, I'm an old person, which means that, you know, like all old people, you know, we, we tend to sort of lament around mainframes and, you know, technologies of sort of decades past. But um, I mean, my focus really, um, I would say within the last 20 to 25 years has been security. So uh, I've, you know, worked um, sort of very heavily with a lot of the security vendors out there, everywhere from Semantic, Novell. I have my own company. Um, which I sold to Novell, um, and uh, you know that was all around the privilege access management space, and really, you know, just sort of focused very heavily on um, you know security, not just you know as it pertains to you know different tool sets, but you know best practices. You know what is it that we should be doing? So uh, you know, very very sort of well rounded, and also sort of prior to that, I did actually run IT operations uh, with various UK companies. So. Uh, it's uh, kind of looking looking at things from both ends. Okay, perfect. And how long have you actually been working with StealthBits now? StealthBits, I am just coming up to three years. Oh, I think okay. about a about a month away from three years now. Oh, nice, perfect. Well, thank you for joining me and Phil today. Um, obviously, StealthBits at Quarter Cloud is one of our strategic techs that we work with. Um, and obviously, Phil comes from a background of being a customer from having StealthBits in Bolton and now moving here and really heading up all our technological sides as um, a CTO. So we were having a bit of a chat before we kind of started recording the podcast. So I think it'd be good to kind of start delving into what you were discussing there and the part about ransomware and capability mapping and how you can really have a plan and, and get yourself prepared because as we've all discussed quite recently you know ransomware is a little bit um or having a breach is kind of we know it's going to happen now don't we so how can we how can we be prepared for it yeah um absolutely so i mean one of the the things that, you know, as security vendors, you know, and I've worked with quite a few security vendors over the years, is I think up until now we've always focused too much on products and really just trying to sell the product as opposed to trying to understand how the products are going to be used. So one of the things that we've started doing is applying everything that we're doing to the NIST framework, you know, so that's the five pillars, which is identify, protect, detect, uh, respond and recover. Now, the nice thing about the framework is it gives you a an anchor point for best practices. So, for example, you know when we 
think of ransomware. So, uh, you know, the sad fact is, is you're going to get attacked. It's not if, it's, it's when. You know, it's lucrative. It makes money for the threat actors that are doing it. So why aren't they going to keep on doing it? So, you know, you really have to prepare against the fact that you need to be able to respond to something where, you know, something is happening in your organization. And the challenge is that very often we, we tend to focus too much on detection and we say, yeah, okay, we can detect ransomware. Well, that's fine. But then it starts a lot earlier than that because you need to be able to understand that if you had an attack tomorrow and everyone's running around like, you know, like chickens with a head cut off panicking and said, you know, all parts of the business are calling in, assuming your phone systems are still working. Where do you go first? What do you protect first? Do you go after customer data to lock it down? Are you a soft drinks manufacturer? Do you decide to start looking at your intellectual property and locking down recipes and secrets in that area? Where do you go first? So you have to build a response plan that deals with the worst case scenario. That's assuming that you are going to get attacked. I mean, Stealth Bits is quite a large tool, isn't it? Do you want to sort of just give us an overview of the different sort of parts of it? Just give us a kind yeah. of summary, because obviously you're talking about it from this NIST framework. I guess that covers all the kind of five key areas that it covers, doesn't it? Yeah. Um, so there's, there's it's a very broad portfolio, and um, you know the, the nice thing now with Stealth Bits, and especially Stealth Bits as part of Netricks, is that you know there, there's a very good range of products um, for a very wide range of customers. So Stealth Bits typically. Um, you know, sort of played in the sort of mid-market enterprise space. Um, you know, Netricks was typically SMB. So, you know, when we look at the auditing tools, you know, so Stealth Audit, for example, uh, you know, there's there's a lots of different plugins and modules and facets to that. But the bottom line is it's allowing you to be able to understand what you have. Um, you know, where where is your privilege? You know, where are you know where are the points? where you have to be concerned. I mean, what do you need to lock down? Um, and it's scary, really. You know, oftentimes, I mean, people think they know where everything is, but the number of times that we've we've gone in to customers, we've ran the tool, and, you know, there's these, you, know, you kind of get the jaw drop on the floor, like, oh, okay, I didn't realize that. Or, you know, and, and that's the thing, you know, you don't know what you don't know. And so it's, you just, it's all about being prepared um, and, you know, and also, I mean, it's an iterative process. It's not like you just scan it and, you know, it's one and done. You, you have to keep scanning. Environments change all the time. You know, servers are being added. There's M&As. There's all sorts of stuff that's going on in, in environments. And also, you guys don't just cover on-premise, do you? You cover all the cloud platforms as well? So you can, you know, SharePoint data and the like? Yeah, and that's, that's the key thing because, you know, now when we look at, you know, the, the old security boundary. I mean, there was this, like, you know, invisible boundary that was kind of the corporate firewall. Now it's, you know, especially when you look at SaaS, you look at partner, you know, ecosystems, um, you know, which is huge, you know, I mean, third-party access to networks. There, there really are no boundaries, which is really, you know, what's instigated the whole zero-trust movement, you know, the fact that you have to assume that everybody is a threat actor, um, you know, and you have to minimize the risk. And, you know, it's a sad thing. I mean, you know, it's, you, you take away all, all of the trust that you had and you put in those controls to mitigate the threat, to detect against threats, and then also to be able to respond against threats. I think, yeah, one of the key kind of modules to talk about is one that we've been talking about with our customers recently. Um, we've got quite a lot of customers with Stealth Bits, but you've got um, what's called the AD Permissions Analyzer, and that's been something which we've, 
got quite a lot of interest on recently because that obviously gives you a bit of an attack tree of all your accounts and it kind of looks at the kind of effective permissions that you could end up with you know so for example it'll show you've got seven seven or eight domain admins but there's maybe 15 sub accounts which could actually elevate themselves to that level of domain admin so it kind of there's many different parts of the platform but as you say it's all about removing that risk and you know if an attacker gets in the first thing they're going to try and do is i don't know find an find an old service account trying adding it to groups or you know, if you can remove those privileges so that they can't do that, that's a real key key part of the platform, don't you think? Yeah, well, and that's actually the, the key thing. I mean, you, you hit the nail on the head, you know, with, with um, the, the biggest problem that's out there is sometimes, you know, the attack surface isn't the most obvious because people think, okay, domain admins, so I'll, you know, to remove people from domain admins, and I'll talk a little bit about what we do for Pam on that, but, um, you know, shadow admin is huge. You know, I mean, you know, you look at tools like Bloodhounds, you know, that allows you to be able to look at attack paths so that Bob has the ability to change passwords for this OU of users. And in that OU of users, there's Jane who can change the password of another OU. You know, so it's sometimes very convoluted and multi-levels down, but there's a path to getting access or resetting the password of a domain admin account, you know, and that's... That, that those are the scary things, you know, because you have to understand, you've got to think like an attacker, you know, I mean, how, what are the tools that they're using? And, you know, we're still afford it, as you say, the, you know, permissions analyzer, it's allowing you to be able to understand not just the high level stuff, but, you know, also what are the, the different paths that could be used and what you need to lock down. Yeah, and I know the platform does help you sort of secure the passwords. I know it's got a really large common password database it'll also i used to use it to sort of it would show me if people with service accounts with the more privileged accounts were trying to use the same password with that and the normal account so it does as you say it gives you a lot of that preventative steps that you can easily take just to remove those those tools and make them not available to an attacker you know if an attack you've got to think like you said that if an attacker gets in what can they do when they get in and we do we do a lot of work around that and once we've done that scanning we very much use stealth bits to then try and lock that down you know and as you were talking about i'm sure you'll talk about pam and you know ephemeral access yeah. it's all about least privilege isn't it and making sure that those accounts just aren't there for an attacker yeah and that, that's the thing i mean you know when we look at the the approach that we've taken to pam it's i mean the funny thing i mean i don't want to say it's obvious because it kind of belittles what we're doing but it's it's common sense um i mean the analogy that i always draw is Look, you know, I mean, years ago, we, we had bookcases full of videos and DVDs and that sort of thing, even books on occasion, um, you know, and we've, we've moved away from the overhead of that and chasing kids, you know, we don't put DVDs in the, in the right boxes to move to a, an on-demand. So, you know, we get things as we need it. There's no overhead and, you know, there, there's nothing to manage. And the traditional PAM uh, approach was always let's just shove everything in a vault. Let's discover your privilege. Let's bring it on board and let's manage it. Well, that's like a bookcase of DVDs. You still got an overhead, yeah. Because once you put them in a vault, you got to rotate them. Now you got to rotate them. Now you got to give that information to your auditors, and it is still on the tax surface. You know, you still got all the past the ticket tax, all that lateral movement stuff. It does nothing to protect. So what we do is we essentially like you know kind of the the way DVDs and everything else have gone. We've provide privilege on demand so we will create privilege at the point of time you need it so simplest level you know we could create an account we can um, add it to domain mapping group log the person in 
Um, so turn RDP on on the server, log them in, record what they're doing. You've got live session monitoring so you can view everything. And then at the end, we tear it all down. We'll turn RDP off on the server so there's no attack surface. We can um, you know, remove uh, that system, uh, user from domain app, even delete the account. So what that allows you to be able to do is still make things operational so users can still do what they need to do. We're not affecting that, but at the same time, we are removing the attack surface and also removing an administrative overhead because now if that privilege doesn't exist, there's nothing to rotate. You know, the drawbridge down, the admin does their work, they copy files, they do whatever they need to do, and then the drawbridge goes back up again. So, you know, having something where it's not just controlled by policy, where you are removing all of those points of egress, ingress, um, anything that could be compromised when you're not using it is just absolutely key. And there's, I don't think there's any other vendors in the space that has this same broad set of capabilities um, to, to deliver that. Yeah, and I think they kind of we've crossed over onto it a little bit, but one the other part of it is obviously the Active Directory management as well. I mean, Active Directory is you know the security hub effectively of your kind of organization, and it kind of protects that, doesn't it? Looking even as simplistically as things like nested groups, but you know, complete visibility of those kind of what actual permissions they've got, you know, all within that kind of Active Directory space as well. So you're kind of bringing together the data access governance, your privilege, and your Active Directory all into one. Have you got any yeah. thoughts on the AD part? Yeah, well, and the, the key thing about AD is the fact that if somebody owns AD, it's basically game over, you know. And and that's that's you know the, the sad part of it. I mean, but just about every um, every, but certainly the vast majority of systems these days will integrate with AD, whether it's you know routers, firewalls, whether it's databases, um, you know, any sort of application as well as you know endpoints, you know, Linux and what have you with AD bridges. So. As soon as somebody owns your AD, you know, through whatever means, whether it's you know, kind of a golden ticket or whatever, or so somebody gets access to that, now they, they really own your infrastructure. So, you know, AD is absolutely critical to lockdown. Yeah, and I've, I've seen some quite major issues with nested groups, and people just don't realize all the time, you know, that effectively they may have opened up something to their entire organization just by an accidental nested group. So, you know, it's, you need something that's going to point that out to you and let you make those remediations, don't you? Yeah, and, and that's that's the thing. I mean, it's not like, you know, we're, we're trying to always protect against, you know, bad guys and people doing malicious stuff, but people do accidental stuff. I mean, I, I was a network admin for years. I mean, I, I ran, um, you know, sort of different teams, different companies uh, when I lived in the UK about 20 years ago. And um, the number of times that I did things, you know, that you just, you know, you sometimes you're under pressure as an admin, you're asked to do stuff, um, you do it, but you don't necessarily have time to think of all the implications. And, you know, one of the key things, like you say, with nested groups, the same with shadow admin, it's looking at, you know, it's trying to understand that if I change this particular area, what what's the downstream effect to that what other things am i potentially going to open up and you know this is where it's so so important to be able to understand what you have in your environment but then also when we start looking at you know the tools like stealth defense stealth intercept is then also understanding that if those do get compromised how do you protect against them you know you because you, you, you need to be able to identify things so you know stealth intercept can start looking at you know different or funky sort of LDAP calls. You've got stealth defenders, you know, able to look at, you know, different attacks. And again, I'm not an expert on attacks. So let's say, you know, 
the fluffy rabbit attack, you know, suddenly happens on on a network. Like you know, it allows. <laughs> there you go. We we need a fluffy rabbit attack. I think we need to rename um, them. They're so complicated. Fluffy rabbit exactly. would be much better. <laughs> Yeah, um, but the thing is, 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 is being able to understand that you know there's something happening beforehand. Because, like I said, if we just go back to ransomware, is even before a ransomware attack happens, i.e., like your files are encrypted, there's a ton of stuff that's going on. You know, all of these different components are doing things. You know, they're doing reconnaissance. Yeah. You know, they're finding things. They're looking for shares. They're testing stuff out. Um, We've been saying that all day, and, though, uh, aren't they? That they're generally around they're there aren't they they're in the area for quite a long time scoping out what's yeah there. yeah well and, and that's that's where we start looking at you know some of the other um portfolio products so you know obviously stealth bits has part of networks you know has um you know we, we've made a, a few sort of key acquisitions um you know in the last six months or so and one of them is like nnt change tracker you know it's a uh, an asian-based product that allows you to be able to um, look at file changes, very detailed on, you know, Windows, on Linux. Um, you know, so if, if a file gets downloaded um, onto your system, you're aware of it. You know, I mean, it, it's, it's something that allows you to be able to see changes and look for anomalies even while they're passively sitting there doing nothing. So it's, you know, like anything else, you know, I mean, it's response is key. You know, the, the quicker you find something and you do something about it, the more you're going to mitigate, you know, the effects of what's going to happen. The, the other key thing, I think, as well, you know, you we were talking earlier about where your data is. One thing that the platform does allow you to do is to kind of do custom search criteria. So, for example, in, an, in your organization, maybe you want to know where all your credit card data is stored or you've got NHS numbers or you've got something that's tailored to your organization. It'll allow you to sort of see where all that data is held, won't it? So you can actually have a look, hang on, is this stuff being stored somewhere it shouldn't? Is it being protected correctly? So you can use it to actually find your most sensitive data, can't you? Yeah, absolutely. Well, and that's the other thing is also when you start looking at, you know, DLP and, you know, how, uh, you know, people will generally move data around. And again, it's not like they're just going to suddenly go into you know, Salesforce and download a you know bunch of customer information, or you know, go into database files and pull stuff out. I mean, very often it'll be copied around, it'll be moved between certain servers, especially if you have different security zones in the organization. So, you know, looking at those anomalies, like you say, you see, you know, credit card numbers, you see national insurance numbers, you see social security numbers, you see all this sort of PII information, you know, popping up in places it shouldn't. Those are red flags. Yeah, the, the other way I've seen that data being used is some, some organizations get data subject access requests as well. And this can obviously search across files, emails, attachments, you know, as a way of sort of pulling together all that information from that request as well. So that the way it maps, it can be used in multiple um, different ways. So as you mentioned, you know, I mean, are you specifically looking for, um, you know, customer information? Are you specifically looking for, um, you know, it's sort of anomalies in you know active directory so i think you know that the key part of anything but when you trial software you know for example you say okay we want to poc it you have to sit down and you know really establish wh- what is it that you want to get out of it at the end what's important to you as a business because every business is different you know there's there's a really good portfolio um of you know sort of products that really does everything from discovery um, to uh, threat mitigation, um, you know, like I say, 
zero standing privileges, you know, removing privileges when you're not being used, um, you know, the ability to be able to do monitoring, you know, whether it's in Active Directory, whether it's on your network, um, you know, whether it's, uh, you know, even on sort of endpoints, um, to allow you to be able to, um, you know, understand, I mean, get that alerting. I mean, all of the products, you know, will, will provide you capability of understanding what's going on. But, it, you know, sometimes it's a correlation. You know, so, um, it, it, so it's really when we look at the the benefit of really sort of, you know, stealth bits and networks is the fact that now we really do have a very complete set of capabilities. Let's not even just talk about tools, but we have capabilities that allows a customer to be able to um, implement a very strong um, and effective uh, security regime. What a you know a least privileged product does on an endpoint is it uh, really makes everybody a standard user. So nobody is an administrator, but what it does is it elevates the application. So at the back end, it's actually swapping the security token. So if let's say for example you want a person to install an application, well it will you know, it will know that that application binary, you know, it looks at the checksum, the signature, it, it understands what it is and says, okay, this can run, you know, as an elevated user. So the, all the user does is they just double click and it just magically runs. But the application itself is running under the context of an elevated account, but the user never has access. So it allows you to be able to put this layer of trust, um, you know, on the, on the endpoints. So just just to clarify, the, the actual local administrator account is still there. It's just a user account. Is that right? Yeah, yeah, it's still there. Um, out, you know, yeah, and, and that's that's the other interesting thing because when, when we start looking at um, you know local administrative access, um, you know, even, even sort of ways in which we try to lock things down before is you know people um, you know think okay we need to put a PAM solution in and we need to be able to just keep those administrative accounts rotated, not realizing that there are actually really effective tools they probably already have, like Labs. Microsoft Labs is very much the, the understated champion in terms of, um, you know, endpoint, uh, you know, administrative password changes. It doesn't have a lot of stuff. It doesn't have a lot of auditing. It's It's got a, a UI that looks like it was developed in the 1980s. I mean, it's hor- horrible in, in a lot of respects, but in terms of the job that it does and the way that it integrates in with group policy and, you know, endpoints, it's fantastic, especially when it comes to desktops and laptops. So that's, you know, again, just looking at the approach that we've taken is we've said, look, you know, rather than taking over that, let it do its job, but we'll fill the gaps. You know, yeah. so just well, we integrate it into our product. So it's, yeah, to your point, I mean, there's always going to be a super user account on every platform, you know, root on Linux, it could be the SA account or the SIS account on databases. I mean, there's always going to be that. So, so you need to rotate them, you need to do your due diligence, and then you make sure that when people need to do stuff, they use it under delegation. So those are never used outside of break glass situations. Okay, so for me, that is a big product. It's got lots to it. It seems to help in lots and lots and lots of ways. Um, and I can imagine, you know, there's lots of areas that you can cover and sort. But if I was listening to the podcast right now and I had what would be like the set product, like pain points that I would have or problems that I constantly have that would mean like I definitely need to demo stealth bits right now. What are you finding or feel even with when we're doing, what are we finding is the 
I don't know, the main problem where like stealth bits, that's where you need to start looking. Because I think I think once you fix one problem, stealth bits could probably start unraveling and there's a lot more that it can do. But what are we saying kind yeah. of is the main thing, the main crutch of the pain and then everyone's like, oh, okay, now we see stealth bits and now it goes into all the other areas. What would you think is kind of the main So, thing? interestingly enough, and I know that I'm biased because, you know, a Pam is, is, is my baby, but when, when we, I, I think the fundamental thing that we do that's you know in terms of a product that's very very different is the way that we handle pam you know by you know removing the problem as opposed to managing it because if if we look at privilege um and permissions you know there's you know within our portfolios of products you know we've got the ability to be able to go out and discover and we've got the ability to detect things that are going on but that's you know looking at attacks that are that, that's using privilege that's persistent in the environment what we do with our pam solution is we remove the problem to begin with you know we, we take it out of your environment we make it ephemeral so that you know when you need to do something you know we provision it at that point of time like i say if you've got your or your service you know you're logging on to it you know a few times a month why have RDP running on it as an attack service 24-7 that can be brute forced? So we can do things like orchestration. You know, we can turn it off when it's not being used and we turn it back on the moment you need to be logged in, you know, transparently. So I think the PAM solution is the game changer because it's very, very different. The analysts, according to Cooper Jacol, you know, has called this out as, you know, potentially the future of PAM. Um, you know, we've been listed in, you know, the recent leadership compass in all the, you know, three of the, the leadership um, you know, areas, you know, that compass in terms of, uh, you know, market, innovation and technology. Um, and it, it's really just taken a different approach. But it, the important thing is, is, you know, it's the product by itself isn't enough to do the job. It's, you know, you need, you know, it, it's, it's understanding what it is that you want to use the solution for. So, you know, with the ability to be able to go out and understand your environment, you know, that's that's almost the most critical thing you need to do, um, you know, initially. But to your point, the, the product that is fundamentally different in the market that we're seeing that's just getting the most reaction from customers and, the, you know, wow, this is so, so much different, you know, than, than I expected is... The, the, the PAM solution. Perfect. And Phil, I'm going to pass that back to you. From our side, what are you seeing is the pain and then why are we bringing stealth bits in? Um, I think there's four key areas kind of to success we've had with stealth bits. The first, I mean, this is something that kind of they use as well, but this is the first part is discovering, you know, what's your data footprint, where's your sensitive data, where are your open shares. Then it's kind of alerting, you know, letting things on like ransomware or threats, you know, so you know what's going on. Helping with the remediation, getting rid of those stale groups, you know, any stale data, removing weak passwords, again, getting rid of things that the attacker could use. And then as much as possible, putting in automation, I guess, you know, you've talked quite a lot about PAM, but it's delegating privileges, you know, on tasks to be performed, looking at kind of self-service access reports and sort of data classification and tagging. So there's there's a lot of automation you can do, but the, the whole point of this platform is it literally uncovers your kind of issues where things are where's your data where's your open shares and really allowing you to actually make those changes because as we've been saying an attacker comes in you know be through a phishing link or you know 
whichever way they decide they get in, it's about removing the things that that attacker could do, you know, preventing them from getting to your data, preventing them from being able to elevate their privileges. And obviously, if you do that, then you're really reducing your attack surface footprint, really. Uh, and I think that's that's really where we've we've used this, you know, Within Core to Cloud, we always say there's four different areas that we work on. You know, we work on visibility, you know, and this this on and sort of controls. And but this one really fits underneath underneath governance and control. You know, it really is a way of sort of making those changes and you know, and auditing and checking that you've done them correctly. Oh wow, yeah. and I like That's great. I mean, because yeah. the, the key thing there is the fact that people still need to work. You know, so yeah. you know, it's great to be able to say I'm going to lock down the environment, but you know, the ability to you know add access to shares, you know, have go, you know, you've got the approval process, you know, the ability to remove those tax service when they're not being used. Um, you know, when, when we start looking at the governance side, it, it, these are all critical aspects. It's just fix the problem as opposed to manage the problem is, is key. Well, I think this is something we could probably keep talking on for hours and hours. There's so much to this. There's a lot to it. There's a lot to it. Um, but I appreciate everyone that's probably tuning into the podcast today probably don't want to be talking to us for hours and hours. So I think, Martin, we're definitely going to have to reschedule and get another podcast in and go into a bit more depth into it because I think we've kind of just touched the surface on Stealth Bits and obviously Netflix and everything that's coming coming our way in the next year. So I do hope you can join us again. Yeah, perfect. Absolutely. And this has been a great conversation. Um, you know, I love talking about security. And uh, yeah, I, I can talk the hind legs off a donkey. So, um, Well, we really yeah. appreciate it. Because whereabouts are you in America? Because you're in America, aren't you? Yeah, I'm just uh, north of Boston. So um, up in the northeast. So what time are you there? Um, it is nine uh, 9.25. Oh, okay, not too early. Okay, I thought you were going to say oh, something no. like 4 a.m. in the morning or something. And I'm like, oh, oh no, God, no, I feel no, so no. bad. <laughs> oh, good. Well, I'm not as bad. <laughs> 85 hours different. And, and, how, and how long have you been? You said you've been in Boston there 10 years, did you say earlier? Uh, 20 years. 20 so, years. Um, oh, wow, okay. Yeah, it's, it's, it's been quite a while. You've so, not picked um, up the accent at all. Um, yeah, I, I'm kind of, I, I mean, I'm, I'm a... I've got some Americanisms that English people will detect. I've got Englishisms that American people detect. But yeah. yeah, so I'm kind of halfway across the Atlantic at the moment. I'm just, <laughs> You're a hybrid. I yeah, I'm a hybrid. <laughs> I, I just I don't fit in anywhere. Perfect. Well, thank you so much. We really appreciate you taking the time to spend with us today. Likewise. Appreciate oh. the opportunity. Thanks, thanks for the conversation. Thanks. Speak soon. Thanks. Thanks. Bye. Bye-bye.